Today's scripture reading is two different verses found in the Old Testament. First from Genesis 49, verse 18. I don't like this. I wait. I wait for your salvation, O Lord. And the second verse is from Jeremiah, chapter 14, verse 22. Can any idols of the nations bring rain? Or can the heavens give showers? Is it not you, O Lord, our God? We set our hope on you, for it is you, and we do all this. This is the word of God for the people of God. Good morning. There's an Irish proverb that I really enjoy, and it makes us think. You'll never plow a field by turning it over in your mind. And that is a true statement. Spring is here, and yet we still have to wait. And I know Bob doesn't like to wait. How many of the rest of you like to wait? Wow, not a hand came up. Well, it isn't me either. I don't like to wait. There's times where people will ask me to do something for them, and my first thought is I want to do it right away, check it off my list, and then I can get on to my next task. So when God tells me to do something, I want to jump right in. I mean, he is God after all. Yet sometimes God might tell me that, well, It might be years before this actually happens. Now I'm not really patient, so years seems like a lifetime. But God says, well, I'll equip you for the task. He says, I'll train you as well, and I'll let you know when you are ready. Well, I don't like to hear that. I do prefer to wait on God, though, so I don't fail, so I'll wait. Do you hear from God? Maybe you hear his word through the scriptures, or perhaps it's through people that God might place in your life, even if it is just for a fleeting moment. Sometimes you might also receive confirmation that way when God tells you something, that you'll run into a complete stranger, and they'll be like, God tells me this for you, and you're like, whoa, Um, that's kind of strange because I really haven't ever spoken to this stranger. I don't know them, and yet they're going to confirm what God has already told me. It's a very humbling experience. I had that experience uh, last week at Soup Kitchen, actually, Dan, and uh, it was quite a surprise. I met this man, didn't know his name, and a friend was telling him a little bit about me and what I do here in the church. And he said to me, God wants you to preach. I said, okay, well, I'm preaching this Sunday. Would you like to come? He said, well, probably not. But I want you to know God wants you to preach. 
I said, well, this will be my second time preaching. He says, no. I want you to, God wants you to preach more. And not just in the church, but everywhere. In our community, he wants you to preach. He goes, and by the way, my name is Ezekiel. So you know it's from God. I needed that. We all need confirmation from God, especially when what he asks of us seems like really far-fetched. God works in mysterious ways. The funny part about that is that I only recently, I don't know, maybe a month, a few weeks ago, I I told Bob, we were we were talking about our prayer ministry, and and I looked at him and I said, God called me to become a certified lay minister. I'd like to I'd like to do this. And I don't know whose face showed shock more, Bob or me. I might guess me. So when you hear God's voice telling you to do something, whether it's perhaps pursuing a new job or a location or starting a ministry, do you trust and obey him immediately? Oh, good. I'm not the only one who waits. (laughs) Well, the small jobs are obviously the easiest to jump right into. But the big jobs, yeah, I wait. I wait for that confirmation. And God may have to tell me numerous times before I actually trust that it is really him who wants it and not myself. I've recently learned through experience in the scriptures that just because God calls you to a task does not mean that you will be instantly successful either. Mark 26, or in Mark 4, verses 26 through 29, is one account of Jesus teaching us patience and timing. And he, Jesus, was saying, the kingdom of God is like a man who casts seeds upon the soil, and he goes to bed at night, and he gets up by day, and the seed sprouts and grows. How? He himself does not know. The soil produces crops by itself, first the blade, then the head, then the mature grain in the head. But when the crop permits, he immediately puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. This verse actually reminds me of my grandmother. Uh, She gardened all year round, whether it was in Florida in the winter or in Pennsylvania in the summer. And I worked side by side with her since I was really a wee little girl. She had this way in the garden. We, we love to grow flowers and bushes and vegetables and all of that good stuff. And one of the flowers that I always found so amazing was the columbine. Columbine is a very delicate flower and it is very prolific. Grandma would take the seeds from this columbine and let me tell you, I have, we had many gardens on the little three acres. By the way, the acres were called God's little acres. And my grandparents were just the caretakers and everyone that dwelt on there, that property. So grandma would take those columbine seeds and she'd put them in her hand and she'd walk around and be like, 
Do you believe those seeds would actually sprout? It might take a little time, a few weeks, but you'd see the little beginnings of the columbine, and eventually the columbine would burst forth with their colors. We also had irises, and you know, any gardeners know that irises, they, they get thicker and thicker and until you just have to thin them out a little bit, and Grandma and I would go out there and we'd thin them out and we'd toss them over to the side. Within weeks, somehow, the dirt just sucked those little roots in, and it was growing. Never died. And her vegetables, she loved her vegetable garden. And every day we would go out there and check on things. You know, you got a weed. It's a terrible thing, but we still have to do it. And Grandma's vegetables would grow. She had a green thumb. And when it came time to harvest those vegetables, we need a wheelbarrow or two. And it was amazing how how much we would we would receive. So much so that we had to share it with our neighbors and our friends and anyone who stopped by. And let me tell you, even in Grandma's house, up on a hill, hidden, strangers would just show up thinking they knew us. We'd have a conversation, we'd have coffee, we'd have a little bite to eat, and I would, they'd leave and I'd go, Grandma, who is that? She'd go, I don't know. <laughs> so a garden is a wonderful way to connect people as well. God often plants a tiny seed in us, but only he can let it grow. He'll make it grow as he works in us and through us. It requires us to have patience. I admit, that's not my strong point, Bob. God might provide you that insight for an immediate situation, and it's a really good thing if you listen to it. And then sometimes he plants a seed that he'll let grow for a future situation. And yes, he will ins- He will send people that will encourage you, encourage you to stay on the right path so that you can accomplish that which he has in store for you. Now, I did tell you that I feel God called me to become a certified lay minister, but he's also called me to be a prayer coordinator here in this church. And yes, both of them were surprising to me. Neither one of these things will happen immediately. But I am excited to get started. So God said to me, you'll get there in my time. So I need you to wait. And I need you to wait patiently. I will guide you on this journey as I equip you and teach you that which you must know. Trust in me, and you will accomplish the task I have ordained you for. Wow. When God speaks, it's not always what you want to hear. Actually, often it's not what you want to hear, but it's what you need to hear. Matthew twenty-one twenty-two says, All things, whatever you ask in prayer, believing you will receive.
Well, we were really hoping to have the prayer ministry moving forward in the church right now. And it has begun. It's still in the beginning stages. We have a core prayer team. And the prayer mailboxes, well, they've been successful. I mean, we've gotten prayer requests pretty much every week, and there's a team that will pray for these. I've also noticed that the prayers of our church have become more meaningful. They have more depth. So there is progress, but yet there is much more work to be done. And we need more workers, just as we need workers in a garden. The garden doesn't flourish all by itself. It needs people to work that garden. So yes, it takes time. But we also look forward to the harvest. We look forward to the abundant harvest God promises us. So in this vision I see for our church is to be a prayer-saturated church where every single one of us is a vital part of that team. One where we pray not just for our congregation, our family and friends. Those are all important. But there's much bigger things that we could and should be praying for. Our government's one. Christians in other countries that are being persecuted, those in our country and other countries that are hungry, physically and spiritually. This is what I see for our church. We would like to see a prayer room one that we can furnish with an altar, chairs, Bibles, prayer stations, where every one of us can go and spend time with the Lord in prayer. I can see it. Can you see it, Rick? Rick can see it. It doesn't happen on its own. We don't just pray, God, we need this. We really want to be able to spend time with you in prayer and then wait for it to re- to appear magically. That's not how it happens. We need the workers. We need people to help supply the things that are needed for this prayer room. And yes, we do need you to pray about it. But actions, actions are what we need here in this church. And I know that I need to learn more which is why I'm not in that position yet of prayer coordinator. I was blessed with a whole lot of books about it, how to be a leader, how to pray, not just individually but corporately, and yet the time, Bob, I don't know where it goes, but with a full-time job and all the other commitments I have in life, it's been very difficult for me to actually dig in. I need, well, probably about a month of just doing nothing but that. So I must actually consciously make time to be with the Lord. 
and learn from him through the studies of the scriptures and the guidebooks that I've been blessed with. Well, it is definitely vital that I do that, and it is vital that you do that as well. It's vital if you seek to grow in the Lord. Reading scripture and praying are are not optional for us. We're Christians. We follow Christ. We need to connect with him. And prayer, it's simply a conversation with a friend. Instead of calling mom, dad, brother, sister, or somebody else in the congregation, call on God. He's always ready to listen to you. He wants that relationship with you. He wants to work in you and through you. While we are on God's path, we also need to be prepared to battle the one who will try to distract you, the adversary. If we take on too much at any one time, we thinking that we might be able to handle the load on our own, well, we run the risk of becoming scatterbrained and distracted because that's what he wants. He wants to pull us away from God. But we can stay on track with God's guidance. I don't want the harvest to come and we miss it and it just rots. And then we have to start back at the beginning again. God has a plan and a hope for us. Let's hold on to that. He wants to be a part of our journey at every turn. Will you rely on him? Now, there are roughly 300 instances in the Bible about waiting God. Or, uh, yeah, Bob, you are not God. Bob does not like to wait. And as soon as I saw that, I, I was like, yeah, that's that's Bob. Three, nearly 300. I would say more like 297, but that's pretty close. And two of them really struck me. Because waiting must be important to God, since that's how he makes us grow, mature, and ripen into the individuals that he wants us to be. If God judged us in, in just one moment of our lives, uh, we might be doomed. But patiently, God waits for us to turn to him and to trust him, to walk with him. So here are just two of those scriptures. We could be here for a week if we went through all 300. From Psalm 27, verse 14, wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. And in Isaiah 30:18, therefore the Lord longs to be gracious to you. And therefore he waits on high to have compassion on you. For the Lord is God, a God of justice. How blessed are those who long for him. Do you long to hear from the Lord? Are you willing to be patient 
as he helps you to grow in your faith. Our Lord wants to work in you and with you, each and every one of you. It is well worth the wait, and it is well worth the work. When we wait on God, he will accomplish that which he has ordained in each one of us. He will ripen us for the harvest at just the right time. Are you ready? Are you ready to put in the work? He will be right by your side, working with you, in you, and through you. Let us pray. Thank you, Father God that you care for each one of us and call us to be your hands and feet, the hands and feet of our precious Lord Jesus. As we become active in the ministries of this church, we will see the fruits of your spirit. Grant us a heart to work for you, O Lord. May we be open to your voice and direction for our lives and the life of our church as you guide us on this journey. May each one of us, who you call your children, be diligent in seeking you with all our heart, our soul, and all our might. In the name of our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.